Like, she gets a blackboard from a music shop and is like, we need to put the events in order so we can see what's going on. I'm going to call it a timeline. Welcome to He Read, She Read, a bi-weekly podcast for a couple of married bookworms with very different reading tastes discuss books and the reading life. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. Every other month, we also share a book club-style discussion on one book we both read. Today, we have one of those discussions, and we're talking about A Quiet Life in the Country, A Lady Hardcastle Mystery by T.E. Kinsey. We're also talking about the benefits of audiobooks, our favorite ways to buddy read, and cozy mystery recommendations for fall and winter audiobook listening. To find a list of every title we mentioned in today's episode, go to hereadshereadorg slash podcast for show notes. Good morning to me. Good evening to you. You've been up for an hour. I've been up for 15. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Yeah, this ought to be interesting, huh? So... I mean, it's a good thing we're talking about a favorite. I know. So we are talking today about A Quiet Life in the Country, A Lady Hardcastle Mystery by T.E. Kinsey, maybe one of the most recommended books on the He Read, She Read podcast. I think that's safe to say. And we often recommend this mystery series on audio because we first listened to it on audio, but ever since then, pretty much every December... T.E. Kinsey has released a new Lady Hardcastle mystery, so it's become tradition that Lady Hardcastle is what we listen to for our Christmas road trip. Right, and we live around the country but far enough away from home where it's a couple of days trip there and back, so it's good for splitting it up with an audiobook, and it's always cozy wintertime mystery that we love and with characters that we love. So I think that I would call this our first buddy read because prior to listening to this book together on a road trip, we would, like, I would listen to audiobooks and you would listen to podcasts and we would just kind of swap back and forth based on who was awake and driving and who was snoozing in the passenger seat. But this one, I remember I started listening to Like, it's not a book we picked out together. I'm pretty sure I started listening to it. And you got hooked. And ended up hooked on the book. Loved it so much. We ended up kind of, like, talking about it and laughing about it together. So it felt like maybe one of our first shared reading experiences. And that's why I would maybe call it our first buddy read. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, Because I think we've talked about that same trip. You were also listening to Anne of Green Gables for some type of a re-listen or because it was the new Rachel McAdams version or whatever. And I liked that, but that wasn't an all the way through. And you're right. It was what drew me in was Emily and Flo. And I kind of got locked in from the first, fear not, tiny servant. (laughs) You liked the tone right away. So, so let's let's talk about the Lady Hardcastle Mysteries. Uh, maybe we should just give a quick summary. I think we can keep this pretty much spoiler-free for anyone who wants to listen to this before 
and maybe this episode can convince people to go and pick the mysteries up. But basically, A Quiet Life in the Country stars Lady Hardcastle. Her first name is Emily. And her lady's maid, Flo. And Flo is not your typical lady's maid. She and Lady Hardcastle have a, a much deeper friendship and a much more equal relationship than boss and employer, although they still do function as boss and or as boss and employee, I mean. So they have this mysterious history. And throughout the first book and throughout the series, this isn't a spoiler, but basically we learn that they were spies. <laughs> international spies and Lady Hardcastle's husband passed away but Emily and Flo have have dealt with a lot of intrigue and danger and they're ready to retire and live a quiet life in the country and they say that maybe like five times in the first couple chapters in the book as like a silly nod to the title and really emphasizing that that's what they want but It doesn't stay quiet for long. On one of their morning or afternoon strolls, they find a dead body. And even though Flo is kind of resistant because she really just wants that true sense of peace in a quiet life and retirement, Lady Hardcastle is determined to play detective. And so they help to solve the mystery. And this is the first book in a series. And so in each subsequent book, they have a different mystery to solve. I I do think that these are best read in order. I don't I think you wouldn't necessarily have to, but in order to really understand the relationship between the main characters and then all of the side characters that they pick up along the way, I think it's the most fun to read these in order like we've been doing. Well, that and you get the slow burn of the backstory, and that's the part that really intrigues me the deeper that we get into Emily and Flo when they were going through Asia and they were spies. And the main reason that Flo wants to just retire is because she does all the heavy lifting. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) And she's like combat trained and she does... Because Emily is older than Flo. I don't think we ever learn their exact ages, but it's pretty clear that Lady Hardcastle is like, you know, more more senior. Um she's she's older and Flo is younger, don't you think? Well, I well I always think of them is like they talk about F- Flo went growing up in the circus. Mm-hmm. So that comes up in this story and then Emily is a lady and spent some time with her husband in like the diplomatic service for England moving around the country and the world. So I always think of her as more in her like fifties. Yeah. Thereabouts. And then Flo probably early thirties. And we should probably set a little bit about how the story is set up. So it's very Watson and Holmes where the servant slash doctor for in the Watson case is the point of view character and drives the story and then you have the eccentric detective in the Holmes and the Hardcastle and I like that that's playing off of each other I feel like that's an intentional choice by Kinsey where you want to have the kind of voice of reason analytical 
servant and then playing off of the eccentric employer who's also kind of dabbling in the sciences a little bit. Like we learn about Lady Hardcastle that she went to school and took applied sciences before they handed out degrees to women, which is an important nod for the state of the country because she's in with all these hoity-toity society ladies, and she's like, oh, no, I went I went to school. They even reference uh, Sherlock mysteries and kind of say, like, we'll be like Holmes and Watson, and I forget which one is like, except we don't have a violin or opium and then the other one's like well we have a piano and we have uh we have bourbon <laughs> or we have i forget which um maybe brandy Brand- <laughs> we, brandy we have a piano and we have brandy so i'm pretty sure we can make that work <laughs> and More brandy i so of course we talk about them and we laugh that's my favorite part about these mysteries i it's engaging to wonder what the the puzzle's going to be and what happens next, but I am just here for Emily and Flo. Like, I would just read an entire book that's just, like, a week in the life of Emily and Flo and their witty banter. The humor is spot on. Their characterization is so charming, and it just really strikes my sense of humor. There's excellent wordplay. There's snark and sass. And I do think, though, another thing that I really, really love about these mysteries is the audiobooks. So we have listened to all of these. Um, A Quiet Life in the Country, I think I've listened to three times now. I've never read it on the page. So I really do think that a large part of T.E. Kinsey's success, I think he owes it to Elizabeth Nolden, the audiobook narrator, because the humor and the sparkle of these characters comes across so, so well on audio. And I think that that just shows the magic of a great audiobook that an amazing narrator can bring the story to life and can make you fall in love with the characters in a way that sometimes reading on the page wouldn't. I think I would still enjoy these on the page, but the audiobooks are so, so good. They're incredible. Well, you nailed it with the banter aspect. So because so much of the story is reliant on the back and forth between the two of them, the upstairs-downstairs dynamic, if we're going Downton Abbey about it, is you need to understand and have the quips be fast you got to have the like eccentric font like changes in tone and the silliness that comes out like we're talking one of my favorite parts of this story is when emily is getting like they're unpacking from their move to the country and she takes out a hat and she's like i've been thinking about putting a derringer in here <laughs> and like lady why are you putting a what, what are you doing putting a pistol in your hat? And Flo's just like, won't I be in... Well, won't you be in danger of shooting yourself in the head? And then she's... And Lady Ardcastle's like, no, I'll just put a little holster in there so that it's pointed away from my head. And she's like, I hate to say it, but doesn't that put me at risk from being <laughs> shot in the head? So, and I agree with you. Like, that sent, that whole sequence in itself would probably play well off the page, but it's exceptionally more apparent on audio and i had started listening to this time around on regular speed 
and it just was a completely I told you it was like listening to molasses like you always have had it on 125 or 1.5 I know when you're not with me you go up to like 175 but <laughs> I'm not ready for that life so that that I think is part of it too where it's the quick banter it's the quips it's the changes in tone it's the inflections where you need the inflections and just the back and forth dialogue between emily and flows makes this entire series and makes this book especially and i think that that is why it makes such a perfect intersection of our reading tastes even though i think if someone looked at your bookshelves Like, if someone who didn't know you was just standing in front of your bookshelves and looked at what you tend to read, and then you were like, oh, hey, there's this cozy mystery about a lady and her lady's maid. I love it. They would be like, what? (laughs) But we both love mysteries. And that that banter style and the quick-witted, quick retorts are very representative of our tastes in other media. It's very... Like, I think of one of my favorite shows is Gilmore Girls, that, like, quick back and forth. You love Aaron Sorkin shows, like The West Wing and The Newsroom. Like, it very much fits that banter style in the entertainment that we like, not just in our books that we enjoy. And so it just, especially on audio, where it truly is, like, an entertainment experience and you're looking for something more... I, I just think that that's why it makes for such a great intersection of our reading tastes, even though it might be kind of surprising to people. I think this is probably the most surprising other than The Duchess Deal, where we could tell someone that it's one of my favorite things to read or something that I really like that we both like, mm-hmm. and people wouldn't automatically believe it. But it's it's true. It's And you, made a, you had a great example uh, with the television aspect I mean, and I liked Downton Abbey, too, mm-hmm. like, with those servant and upstairs relationships and dynamics, and we get a little bit of that in this book. Um, so I think that also plays a factor in it, is the historical... Is this... You would call this Elizabethan, right? No, it's the Edwardian era. Edwardian era. Okay, well, I'll just sit here and not know when which is downton abbey ish so you're spot on yeah all right so in england times emily and flo come back from you know trips and they're in a quiet life wanting to be in the countryside and the society peeps are like wait why is your servant hanging out with you all the time Mm -hmm. and I, i like that aspect of it too and that's something that i love is emily doesn't take any crap from (laughs) People that she's supposed to be, like, not equals to, but in the same social scale Mm -hmm. when they have issues with flow and their relationship and how close they are. And she just doesn't care. Like, she knows what they've been through. She knows how important flow is to her and doesn't feel obligated to anyone to hide that or to say, oh, no, you're just going to go do this. They exploit it for their own investigative purposes, which is another aspect that I think is very cool because Flo will be able to go into places and be ignored because she's a servant and all the this, that, and the other. So I I like that aspect of it too, where Emily is just this strong character who is well-developed and well-thought-out and can easily fake being this ditzy society 
lady, but then is also this tough as nails. You're not going to say that about my servant because she's also my friend. Yeah, and it and it is fun from the historical standpoint. And if you love Downton Abbey, I think this is one of the first books I would recommend to anyone who loves Downton Abbey, even though it's a totally different tone, because that the setting, the era that it's set in, is in between. It's in that weird in-between place where the aristocracy was kind of dying. It was becoming a thing of the past. And the class structures were becoming a lot murkier and people were stepping outside of the usual boundaries. And so Emily and Flo are really at the forefront of that, uh, breaking the boundaries and uh, kind of experimenting with their roles in society, not only as, um, as lady and lady's maid, but also as women. There uh, ends up mm-hmm. being some suffragette plot lines in future novels, um, comments about them being ladies driving a car. They get really excited about having a car eventually. And so um, there are some really fun social commentaries taking place in this book as well. And I, since we're talking about the history and you're a history buff, I also think that the espionage which is really just like a bonus. It's not like it's really important to the characters, but it almost it just feels like bonus characterization really. It's not like it's well, I guess towards the later books it starts to become more central like their past is catching up with them. But you love espionage. Like you love the like top secret um the spy plot lines and the like international thriller kind of aspect. And so I think that that's a big part of why this book, while it wouldn't seem appealing on the surface, it's, it's just like perfectly in the zone of our reading tastes. Mm -hmm. Well, I like that they're also incorporating like the traditional law enforcement in the investigations so you have like the typical small town bobby who is the you know nincompoop did i say that wrong or is that going to be another like comeuppance no that sounds right Ah, success (laughs) but then you also have like the (laughs) you have like the actual competent detective who ends up following with them for a good number of the books and you see Emily start to use modern detective techniques that aren't always connected with the times but it fits in the story Mm -hmm. like she gets a blackboard from a music shop and is like we need to put the events in order so we can see what's going on I'm gonna call it a timeline It's hilarious, and it and that's just how it fits with her character because she's inventive and ridiculous. So it just fits with her. Yes. It works. Yeah, I mean, she's into like filmmaking and cl- uh, it, almost claymation. Like, is it something that comes up in one of her um, later it's things? It's stop like... motion films, so it's like the forefront of it's like pre silent yeah, yeah. film era. So. Um, and one of the books yeah. actually features that pretty heavily as one of the the plot devices. The the historical bits and pieces are incorporated really well throughout the series. So I was reading 
a couple of interviews with the author T.E. Kinsey, and someone asked him about maybe learning more of the backstory with Emily and Flo and how it's kind of like meeting real people where we meet Emily and Flo and we start to just like get bits and pieces of their background and history. Just like when you meet someone, you don't just get like all of their background information all at once. And um, I like that he said, you never know, there might be room for a biographical thriller of some sort, but not soon. Like there seems to be interest in a prequel of their adventures, but there's also like he doesn't want to spoil it because part of their mysterious past and like picking up those hints and clues about it is the fun of the series. But I think it would be so fun like if he decided, okay, I've written 20 books in this series. I need to wrap it up. They need to officially retire (laughs) and actually live a quiet life in the country. (laughs) I think it would be so fun to get a prequel of Emily and Flo's adventures. I'd be here for it. I mean, we get some of the indication that uh, Flo started out in the circus um, and then came to be with Lady Harcastle as a lady's maid, but definitely not the depth in this story uh, that it goes into because um, Flo is also has uh, some martial arts abilities that she picked up from a Shaolin monk. So I- I'm interested in that aspect, like when they're <laughs> training montage through. <laughs> Oh, training montage. Cue it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but just detailing that adventure, because they went through, I won't, it's from a different story, but they were, ended up going through Asia for two years. So that to me is the interesting story that I would be here for in a second. I really, I mean, in my dream world we would get a bbc series of the lady hardcastle mysteries because it's so good on audiobook i mean i think it would make for such a fun screen adaptation but you think of all those bbc mysteries that take themselves kind of seriously but they're just like short episodic um small quiet village in the countryside usually it's like the priest who's investigating or something i don't know um or like the agatha christie I could totally see Emily and Flo solving mysteries and but I'm I'm perfectly content to just listen to the audiobooks and enjoy them as as stories as stories in book form. Well, I don't even know how popular these are. I don't know. I mean, cuz we love them and I know like in our circle of readers, we we know a lot of people who have picked them up and read them. But yeah, widely, I'm not sure. I mean, popular enough that they keep giving him book deals and he publishes pretty much a book a year. Yeah, but I don't know if that'll be enough to translate into a show. I, I hope it would, but... You never know. Yeah. There, So because of the pandemic and because TV producers, A, have a bunch of time on their hands to read, and B, book rights are kind of like easy things to snap up for future like down-the-road use... There are so, there have been so many announcements of book to screen adaptations lately that it just feels like everything is fair game for a TV or movie adaptation these days. All right, Curtis, before we go on to share some book recommendations, do you have any other favorite moments from the book that you want to share? I mean, 
we didn't even touch on some of the side characters that we really like um but i'm a mm-hmm. big fan of inspector sunderland is the guy that i mentioned earlier who's the detective from bristol the relationships um between emily and lady farley stroud i really like because she's more down to earth in the socialite crowd i'm trying to think of the other like side characters that i really Daisy. like but those two popped to mind uh, immediately isn't Daisy Daisy's the, one too? Yeah, yeah, like the little barmaid. Um, mm-hmm. The musicians, the jazz musicians, they encounter these jazz musicians at a party, and they end up being really good friends with them down the road. And T. E. Kinsey is actually releasing a mystery about those musicians, which I think is going to be really fun. He's it's like a a little spinoff mystery, which I'll definitely pick up. So. Yeah, there's there's this really charming population of characters we get we get to meet this village because they moved to this little village and so I think that the side characters are part of the fun, which again is very like Gilmore Girls-ish to me. Oh yeah, like there's definitely vibes of town meetings. Mm-hmm. Especially when um I, I think it's um what's the he's not a lord what's the mr stroud farley stroud oh yeah yeah i forget his title i forget his title as well um but he's very like jovial but also eye rolly in lots of situations Mm -hmm. where people will say things that are too like very full of themselves and he'll look at florence and just be like can you believe these people? <laughs> yeah, it's it is. And such he does a, a lot fun. of what? <laughs> yes, it's such a fun series, and I hope that anyone who's listening to this episode that hasn't picked it up yet is encouraged by it because I think it's super entertaining, and I think if you love mysteries, like they're solid mystery novels, like it's a great puzzle, like. Mm-hmm fun mystery to solve so i definitely lean more towards the characters and enjoying them but if you are just a mystery lover and you want something that is not super gory or violent or um scary these mysteries would definitely qualify as cozy mysteries um but uh, they're cozy mysteries without like the bookstore cats You know what I'm talking about, right? Like the mass market paperback cozy mysteries that have cats on the cover. There are like a bajillion of them. I'm not knocking those. Like, yeah, there's probably some great series with these cats on the covers. But um, I'm just saying I think this is a great cozy mystery for when you want a page turning mystery reading experience, but you don't want like gore and violence and too much suspense. That and I think the process is the important part of it that I like because they're very new to detective work, but not new to spying. So they have like a particular set of skills. So how they apply that to a small town murder is also a cool aspect of it because they're bringing in parts of their past to figure out how to solve a mystery. And they're like... People will ask them, like, how long have you guys been doing this? Well, this is our first one, actually. (laughs) But you know that they did 
all of these badass things beforehand so it's kind of fun yep yeah but it's the cozy part of it is the process part of it where they're figuring out on the fly how they're gonna do it because they don't even know how they're gonna solve it (laughs) all right before we share more book recommendations like lady hardcastle we want to tell you a little bit about libro fm our episode sponsor for today we have mentioned audiobooks quite a bit in this episode and the way that they can enhance your listening experience, enhance your reading experience, and truly take a book and make it something even more special. And that's how we feel about the Lady Hardcastle Mysteries. So most of our audiobooks we listen to via Libro FM. They have a fabulous app. We really believe in their business. And I just, I mean... We've been with Libro FM for a long time. We've been recommending Lady Hardcastle for as long as we've been recommending Libro FM. And I I don't know that we can say anything new about this company other than how much we love it. Well, and the other part about Libro and why it's our favorite is because with all of their downloads, we're supporting independent bookstores. And we're all about supporting our favorite indies because we're looking forward to going to bookstore dates when I get back from this deployment. Yeah, and we want them to be around for the long haul. So switching to Libro FM audiobooks today can help to support small business or giving the gift of a membership to a loved one this upcoming holiday season is another great way to support Libro FM. A Libro FM membership is an excellent gift for this holiday season when maybe gift exchanges look a little bit different and you can send the gift membership in an email to someone or get creative with how you send it. Shopping early this year is also really helpful and vital for small businesses. So it's not too early to start thinking about your holiday shopping and giving the gift of a Libro FM membership this season. For listeners of the He Read, She Read podcast, you can get two audiobook credits for the price of one, or you can use our affiliate link to purchase gift memberships for your fellow bookworms. You can go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter the promo code H-R-S-R, or you can click on the link in our show notes. Give the gift of audiobooks and support your local bookstores. Okay, Curtis, let's recommend some books for people who loved A Quiet Life in the Country or are thinking that they might want some some. I mean, cozy mysteries is a good way to go. Like mysteries that are page turning and enjoyable, but won't necessarily make you keep the lights on at night because they spook you so bad. I think that's good clarifying criteria. Why don't you go ahead and get started? Okay. The first uh, mystery series that I would like to recommend is the Maisie Dobbs series by Jacqueline Winspear. This series takes place at a similar time period to the Lady Hardcastle Mysteries. Uh, it is post-World War I, and Maisie Dobbs was a nurse in the war, and she lost a loved one. And so she's trying to pick up the pieces of her life, and she opens an investigative practice. She becomes a private detective. So most of her mysteries are tied to World War I in some way, She has kind of a similar background to Flo, where she 
um, was a lady's maid. She was a servant in this big house, and she was noticed by someone who realized she had all of these special skills, and they helped train her and foster her growth as a detective. This series is a lot more serious than Lady Hardcastle. There aren't really a bunch of like quirky, witty moments. It's not humorous, but it is enjoyable. And the character growth is really central in all of these books. We see Maisie Dobbs really change and grow through each mystery. I think the investigation process is great. So I definitely think between historical time period the nature of the mysteries and really following a detective as a core character. You can't go wrong with Maisie Dobbs by Jacqueline Winspear. And it's a series that I've listened to exclusively on audio. I've loved the books on audio, so highly recommend Maisie Dobbs for another great audio mystery experience. What do you have for us, Curtis? Well, I'm going to go for more of the uh, sassy quirky humor uh and i'm gonna go for uh hope never dies by andrew schaefer so what i like about this one is it's campy it's got a really cool cover with joe biden driving a old school car and and president obama has its tie flipping in the wind and he's pointing and there's double crosses there's bromance there's quick back and forth dialogue and that's the part that i kind of compare to the lady hardcastle is you have this unlikely duo solving mysteries you know who would expect a former president and vice president to be out there solving a murder um but it's got that aspect too where it's the silliness and the quirkiness and just the quips back and forth so that's why i enjoyed it is because it didn't take a lot of brain power to enjoy and it was pretty simple and it was just something that you needed at the time so that'd be my recommendation for anybody who is looking for something that's not too serious but silly and is honestly was just a good time i think that all of these recommendations including lady hardcastle make for excellent anti-doom scrolling reads so this is like a continuation of our previous episode Go back to episode 60 if you haven't listened to it, if you need some books that are going to help you focus on reading instead of scrolling on your phone right now. Another book that I would like to recommend, this is another series, Her Royal Spiness by Reese Bowen. This is funny and has a lot of the wit and humor and similar time period to A Quiet Life in the Country. It features Georgie who is Lady Victoria Georgiana Charlotte Eugenie. (laughs) And she's a cousin of King George (laughs) V. And she is flat broke. And so she is trying to survive on her own in the early 1930s in London. So she manages to like get herself in sticky situations, but she also ends up investigating and becoming something of a, a of a detective. So this is really fun because it's it's kind of like the opposite of Lady Hardcastle where Georgie is um like she is a lady but she 
doesn't really want to be. <laughs> and she um, like has to make a go of it without her money and without her connections and without the protection of her status. And um, and yet she has all of these connections to high society. So it's witty and fun. There's a little bit of a romance element to it as well. Um, and yeah, I think that anyone who enjoys the Lady Hardcastle mysteries, enjoys Maisie Dobbs, would also like the Royal Spinus Mysteries by Reese Bowen. I've only read the first one. I really enjoyed it. I I think that they're good on audio, but I haven't listened to them. This was one I actually read on paper. So I'm going to recommend The Camel Club by David Baldacci, which is more of a traditional thriller mystery, uh, but there are components of it that I think relate well to Lady Hardcastle. So the core group that the camel club centers around are a i'm just going to give their descriptions not names but one of them's a former cia assassin the other is a vietnam veteran who worked for the intelligence community and then was a war protester there's a employee from the library of congress rare book wing and then a child prodigy who suffers from OCD and acute paranoia. So the cool part about the story is it's a collection of these unlikely people who are acting as, to start the book, as government watchdogs, but then delve into this more of a thriller-solving mystery and going deep under this plot. So... If for people not familiar with David Baldacci, that's what your parents are reading when they're on the stationary bikes or <laughs> on the uh, or sitting in beach chairs. Uh, that's a shout out to my mom and dad. <laughs> Definitely are reading books while they're on the stationary bikes. So, um, but they're they're not complicated. They're very straightforward. Um, what I think is fun about this one is you get kind of the backstory on Oliver Stone, who is not his real name, obviously, but he's the CIA former assassin. And he reminds me a lot of uh, Emily, where you get, you know there's a backstory that you don't have a lot of information on, but he's very silly and plays off of his relationships with the other three. And I, th- I think it just plays well as a not-too-complicated mystery uh, that is just a good time all the way around uh, with an unlikely group of characters that we know and grow and get to know over a five-book series if you wanted to get into it. So I'm going with The Camel Club. I have two more recommendations for us. The first one is a modern cozy mystery, A Brush with Death by Allie Carter. And this follows a pet portraitist. The main investigator is an artist who paints pet portraits for wealthy families. And so she is staying in the guest house of this wealthy family to paint a portrait of their dog. And uh, someone ends up dead. And she kind of like sees it happen and... So because she has an artist's keen eye for detail, she gets involved with the investigation and helps solve the mystery. So this was charming. It was very like quaint English village and also kind of plays with that like uh, 
class structure, like these these wealthy aristocratic families um, and someone who's like an insider outsider part of that world. Like she's inside their world because uh, they pay her <laughs> to paint their pets, but she isn't isn't necessarily one of them. I thought it was really fun. I am looking forward to picking up the next in this series. And I think that if you're in the mood for something cozy to read on a rainy day and take you away to England, it's a great one. So that's A Brush With Death by Allie Carter. And then another series that I would like to recommend is The Veronica Speedwell Mysteries by Deanna Rayborn. The first one is A Curious Beginning. And Veronica Speedwell is feisty and she's funny and she ends up partnered up with kind of like a gruff and uh kind of like a gruff and grumbly guy and uh his name is Stoker and so Stoker and Veronica end up being this dynamic crime solving duo and I think that their banter is also excellent so if we're thinking about great uh, great partners in solving crime. I think that the Veronica Speedwell mysteries also exemplify that. And those are uh, Victorian England. And so it's also like a nice historical time period, lots of historical context and fun tidbits with that. And uh, yeah, I think that those definitely fit well here and make for a page-turning reading experience. So uh, I'll also say that we're really excited to read T.E. Kinsey's next couple of books. We'll make sure that we link to all of those in the show notes. And the narrator of the Lady Hardcastle Mysteries is Elizabeth Nolden. We will add a link to other books that she narrates because I think that when you find a really great audiobook narrator, an excellent way to find new audiobooks is to just look at the other books that they narrate. And usually... Uh, you can find something that interests you there. So there we go. Bunch of book recommendations for our Emily and Flo fans. I'm still laughing at Pet Portraitist. <laughs> uh, it's funny, but I have definitely considered having someone do a portrait of Penny. <laughs> oh, come on. There are people that, that do it and they turn out really cute. Okay. How much? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, let's have I've a, like let's looked have at it. I've, I haven't like I haven't looked at it seriously. Okay, I'm just Penny, saying in front of the audience, maybe we should discuss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Curtis. Should we talk recommendations of the week? Sure, let's talk about what had me in tears and just an emotional wreck for about three days. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so that wasn't really a very good lead-in, but um, similar to the rise of Lady Hardcastle and as something that we both enjoy and spend a lot of time listening to with the witty banter and the back and forth, one of our favorite shows that does that same thing is Shit's Creek. So I just finished season six, which was the send-off season, and then watched the hour special behind the scenes for the final season. And by the end of all that, I was just an emotional wreck and was in 
shambles in tears. So fair warning for all if you haven't seen season six yet um, and you're a fan of the show, definitely watch the behind the scenes uh, thing that's on Netflix. Wholeheartedly recommend it. Good insights from creators Dan and Eugene Levy. Um, so sad to see the show go. Very good send off. And it like swept all competitive categories for the Emmys, right? Like it was mm-hmm. all four acting categories and best show. So got some good recognition on its way out the door. So um, they they did really good. They did good. I think it's a great uh, quarantine show because it's about people who are stuck <laughs> and they have to navigate their circumstances. Uh, yeah. Absolutely love that show. I have a recipe recommendation for my recommendation of the week. Uh, last weekend, nerd. I made cooking nerd. I don't know that that works. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're just jealous that you can't eat any of the sourdough bread that I've been baking lately. Big facts. So. Big facts. Um, <laughs> I made a loaf of pumpkin sourdough. So this recipe used, this is with my sourdough starter. I'm one of those people who started making sourdough in the pandemic and I am proud of it because it's delicious. But I uh, made this recipe that involves some canned pumpkin and some pumpkin spice and cinnamon and it was delicious. I added a little bit of honey to the recipe because uh, I can never follow a recipe all the way, but I will definitely provide a link to that in the show notes, which you can find if you go to heredsheread.org slash podcast, and we'll make sure that that you get all the good links for today's episode. Why are you shaking your head, Curtis? Whatever, Chelsea. I don't don't want to talk about it. bragging about your sourdough i can't have any of it it's not fair (laughs) hang in there curtis soon enough some homemade sourdough for you we want to say thank you for hanging out with us today for podcast news and reading updates follow us on instagram we're at he read she read on the weeks when we don't release a podcast episode we send out a newsletter with short book reviews and a list of our favorite things you can subscribe to our newsletter at herechyred.substack.com. Reminder, if you need book recommendations or have a question, please send us an email at herechyredpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll wrap those into a listener response episode that are some of our favorite things to do. Special thanks to Mark Anderson and Miles Eichner for our theme music, and thanks as always to Libra FM for sponsoring this episode. Before you go, remember, the couple that reads together never gets bored on a road trip.